Today's guest is Jackie French. She just launched Dawn Cyber, which I'm excited about. It's an early stage a startup focused on helping organizations protect their employees, intellectual property, and infrastructure. I'm, I'm, the intellectual property is, an, is a unique thing I don't hear much about, so that's really interesting. Uh, Jackie and I have known each other for uh, quite a few years now. We you, we both volunteer with ActiX, Emerging Technology Community of Interest. So uh, I th thank you for coming on the podcast, Jackie. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So for those who haven't a chance to you know engage and work with you and interact, uh, talk about yourself. Talk about your background, where you're from, who you are, and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So I am originally from Naples, Florida. And I come from a family full of engineers who have worked with helicopters and telecommunication systems with companies like Bell Aircraft. And we somewhat landed in Naples through the work that my family was doing in the telecommunications area. But really, my family is full of New Yorkers and New Yorkers love Naples. So we just kind of stayed there. And so my entire family is in Naples, Florida today. And with all these engineers, I had a lot of cousins who, when I was a kid growing up, we would have, of course, philosophical debates on the nature of the universe because it's a bunch of engineers, so why not? Sure. And this would extend even to sometimes the parents putting us in different cars on long car rides in case <laughs> there was a real debate going on on the nature of the universe. And so that's uh, really been key to kind of my family ethos is just being able to think deeply about projects and about technologies and machinery, and then also to be able to build things and think big and come up with innovative ideas. And so the parents and the family really encouraged us to debate with each other and to have an understanding that a lot of what comes out of innovation that is beneficial and useful often has to do with having different ideas. Mm -hmm. And so as kids, we would really participate in those kinds of discussions. I mean, my father and I, as any normal father and I would do, would debate domestic and international affairs until 2 a.m. in the morning and would have this kind of just general understanding that in this world, we all kind of think for ourselves. We have to be able to critically think for ourselves. And my parents own a small business in Naples and growing up in that small business, there was really this all hands on deck mentality when it came to anything we did, family, vacations, questions about the business, et cetera, et cetera. And so overall, I just come from a big family that likes to build things. And as kids with a lot of cousins, sometimes that meant building launch ramps, shooting bikes off of them. Um, and now as adults, it's, building companies, building technologies, building machinery, and really creating a community around those efforts. Wow, that's very interesting. So does that mean from an early age, you always were wanting to be involved in the grander creative endeavors? <laughs> Absolutely, yes. There's an element of my parents taking the time to make me feel comfortable with having an opinion thinking big, thinking outside of the everyday mundane activities we do to really consider what's possible. Mm. And also encouraging me to be willing to try the things I'm thinking of without having to 
worry about whether they'll still love me at the end of the day. So that's been very key to my development and being able to go forward with new ideas and feel comfortable with them. So how did that uh, end up going to college into the study field that you're studying, that you studied, which was really interesting. Talk about that. Um, so I followed the traditional college and undergraduate path. And from going from undergraduate to graduate, fairly normal. I studied international business and management at University of Tampa. And then I did a master's in government at Johns Hopkins University. The untraditional path was my job route. And so there were a lot of different areas that uh, looked disparate when I first began working in them, but today are quite interconnected. And so when I was at University of Tampa for my undergraduate degree, I loved economics and was actually nominated by two professors there to join the Economics Honor Society. And I was very happy about this because I was not an economics major. And this is really what led me to DC, being a part of that community. They had a great program at University of Tampa that brought students to DC to learn more about the think tanks here and about the government work being done in these areas. And after that program, that's how I decided to intern in DC with the Office of the United States Trade Representative during the push for the Trans-Pacific Partnership Trade Agreement. Mm. And so undergraduate is really where I learned about my affinity for technology. At that point in time, I was very involved with student government and I helped with some of the technology tools they were using to engage with the greater student population. And one of the areas where we were supporting students online via social media ended up being posted to a kind of seedy area. Uh, and I was tracking the data on it. This was my first cyber experience. And I was able to find where it was posted, track down the data, have it removed. And I notified the individual that it had been removed. And I was talking to a mentor about this and I had not studied technology at that point in time. I think this was either 2012 or 2013. And they saw something to spark in me where I was able to find that data and find where it was hosted and what technologies are being used. And they took the time from there to spend the evenings outside of my full degree program mentoring me on how to use technology. And so I got an unofficial understanding. <laughs> that was my first foray into cyber. I didn't know it yet. There wasn't a program for it yet at University of Tampa. I think we had one or two classes maybe, um, but that was kind of where I I got my first thrill of finding something and taking it down. <laughs> <laughs> and so several months later, after that had happened, I, while still an undergraduate, I traveled to San Francisco and I had never been to San Francisco, but the moment I saw the technology companies there, I was itching to finish my undergraduate program. Right. <laughs> I, I was like, this. these programs take a really long time to complete. I still think that I don't think everybody needs to be in a four-year degree program. And I decided to graduate early in three and a half years instead of four years hmm. so that I could go and intern in D.C. and have you know, this is a business owner's daughter's mentality. <laughs> it's like, we finished the work here, let's move on. Right. Um, and so after I graduated early, then I went to do my internship at USDR and I primarily helped with their press office, which taught me a lot during that time period on how the ambassadors were collecting data and information and how they were considering it in regard to trade agreements. And then I also helped with Section 301 reports, which are essentially reports on the state of global IP protection and enforcement. Hmm. 
And this fascinated me, learning about these reports. And it's what made me consider getting a graduate degree. And the, the real moment where it became something that almost evolved into a mission for myself was when I saw a woman advocate for herself to the USTR who was dying from cancer and could not access the drugs she needed mm -hmm. in order to address her illness. And I walked away from the meeting that day, just, I felt like the system was still very archaic and how it was handled. And I see a lot of parallel activities to this across cyber today with taking data hostage or failing to adhere to international agreements. And that's exactly how it impacts people. And so that's when I applied to Johns Hopkins and decided to write my thesis on the impact of trade agreements on pharmaceutical supply chains in terms of increasing access to drugs and medicines and the impacts of IP on, on that access. And in writing my thesis, I found that civic society plays a very important role in governing these issues around protection and access when it comes to building robust and resilient pharmaceutical supply chains. And I think the same can be said for cyber approaches mm. and governments need a healthy civic society for having holistic cyber approaches that can address these critical points where people are impacted. Wow, that's, that's, yeah, that is really impactful. I've never really, you know, from I, I'm in technology, but I never really think about uh, uh, intellectual property and its implications, certainly in this case, right, for uh, cross borders. Although, yeah, I think in recent years, we've heard a lot about uh, drug pricing and how uh, that's affected with international markets and or, or, or blocking access to international markets. Um, that, so from, from that point, it's interesting to me, it's interesting to me what you, what your focus and degree is on when you have this background of creative problem solving, uh, working in the business, and then this, uh, this experience uh, at, um, uh, the, with the government. Um, how did that kind of maturate and roll into where you went next, right? I mean, this, because it's kind of, kind of a little different, right? I really enjoy and actively seek to hold contradictory concepts and ideas in my mind at the same time. Mm. And to not only think about them at the same time and consider them and what they mean, but to be able to find creative solutions to those contradictive areas. I think that it's it, people who see things differently and can catch those elements that other people don't see are who Don Cyber is looking to hire. Um, and also are who really are able to think outside the box of technologies or um, data and can think about humans and um, geopolitics and um, the social cyber domain of things. And so that's been, that's very key to my story and also very key to why I've had this thread of cyber kind of weaving throughout my career <laughs> when it comes to IP or technology or government or international trade. Interesting. So, so what was kind of your, I mean, you, you talked about a bit how your family is a business owners, right? And they value um, that, that creativeness that it takes and that, and that gutsiness, if you will, that it takes to start a company. It, it's, it's, it's very scary. Um, what was the kind of the, 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 the final thing that caused you to say, okay, now's the time I, I want to do this. 
Yes. So as I mentioned earlier, as kids, we loved building ramps to launch our bikes off of. So there's clearly my family, we have an appetite for risk. And so going back to my parents, when I was growing up, something that they instilled in me is that I can think outside the box. I can try things, fail, succeed at the end of the day, still going to be loved and a member of the family. And so in terms of what led me to feeling comfortable doing a startup and you never totally feel comfortable doing a startup. <laughs> I'll just say that is it took, it took a lot of introspect introspection and talking to mentors, learning about the markets, learning about my, my capability for leading teams, my capabilities for coming up with creative solutions and really how, how some of the ideas that I think will change the cybersecurity sector will really actually um, impact the market with uh, the challenges that are being experienced today. And so this is something that I've been considering for probably three to five years. And it's not something I intended to do, but something that at this point in time, I feel is quite necessary. Hmm. And there is a variety of reasons for that. But the first being, there are many changes taking place across society today. In, in light of the recent pandemic, in light of the advent of AI. And there are elements of cyber that, depending on how we are able to set up our the solutions that are existing today and will be existing in the future, will really determine the nature of how governments govern, of how we protect our citizenry online and in person, and also how we think of ourselves as societies from a democratic perspective and from other perspectives. And so in watching the way the industry changed during recent geopolitical changes and in AI now being very available to the public. And by the way, we've been using AI since we've taken off, <laughs> which <laughs> this is a great time to be a startup for anyone considering it your business you've started, right? There's a, it's a slightly different view. And I'm, so I'm just really curious, who, who, who are you selling to? Who, who are you looking to sell to? That's something we've been as a team having very, been having very in-depth conversations about. And so I'll mention a book that I know a lot of people are reading right now, Chip War. And there's a lot of great content there for some of the changes that occurred during that time period where these companies that made those chips were taking off. And in terms of the ideal client that we're looking for, there are a few ideas we have in mind that I will leave um, behind the curtain for now. <laughs> that's, all, that's all good. But I mean, you're still, you're still startup, right? You're still startup. <laughs> yes. But with that, we're looking for organizations who are in critical sectors that have experienced some of what we're seeing firsthand and understand the nature of the evolving risk and IP and in political campaigns and in the financial sector that are going to only grow over time. Mm. And a lot in the past with many of our cyber solutions and you hear from 
the White House today, they're looking for technology vendors to build in the secure by design. You know, we really shouldn't need a cyber sector, right? And so organizations today have really focused more on how they can track human activity through technology. So they have the data, they have the tools, they have all the measures put in place to make sure nobody goes outside of the, the, the bounds of what is expected. And that's great if you can pull the data from those tools and try to come up with a result from them. Ultimately though, and the critical sectors we're looking into and conducting our customer research into, the key factor is the humans. So some of the questions that organizations might ask themselves today is what employees do I have working on IP that now falls under a critical sector? Those are, those are the questions we're asking. And in terms of the clients who might be impacted, whether from, um, you know, when it's from an IP perspective or whether it's from just generally knowing what to report out, there are today new models are required for addressing these areas. We need to be able to account for the human factor much more than we need to account for user activity on tools and systems. It's not enough. Yeah, that's really fascinating. I, so I, I, in my career, a long, long time ago, I, I was in the Air Force and DOD, and I worked in areas of sensitivity uh, where, you know, higher level clearances were necessary. And, and, and in those situations, right, you get specific, very specific training on how to identify people who are coming at you for that sort of stuff, right? They're, they're trying to get the secrets from you, even if you don't actually have access to them. They don't know that, right? They're just trying to figure out or glean what they can from you. So I find this very fascinating that um, in every other aspect of my career, it was not very uh, emphasized, right? And IP comes in all kinds of different uh, forms, right? It's not necessarily just a chip or a device. It could be a process. It could be uh, the 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 knowledge that you have gained through other avenues, right? That is proprietary to your company and is, is critical to the business that you run. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a very fascinating thing that you're doing. And uh, I think there's lots of opportunity to educate and, and get people in a better mindset for this, this risk that you're talking about. Yeah, and that's some of that mindset is some of what we, we cover with the research that we're doing. And exactly what you just mentioned there with the trainings and with how you're informed and then what are the follow-on activities. Yeah. That evolution um, as technologies and tools and organizations and geopolitics change require models that don't, where organizations don't need to completely revamp their technologies or completely change around their data or completely change their trainings and redo everything all over again, over and over and over mm-hmm. again as things change and pay a bunch of money to do so. <laughs> right. So that's something that we're focused on resolving and being able to take into account these more human aspects of it where organizations can have models and have tools and have approaches. That's interesting. So so as you've gone through your career and you've had a, a varied career in terms of the places you've worked and the focus areas that they've had, what's something that you've kind of witnessed that you think, wow, I wish we didn't do it that way, right? It, it's something we should change. We should, we should approach that differently. Um, or, or maybe it's a very large change that you would consider and, and it just needs to be you know, you're calling attention to it that we need should start thinking about it. What what might that be for for you? So overall, one thing that I think could change is cyber approaches and solutions need to be holistic 
hmm. in terms of factoring in the context of social cyber domains and human psychology and considerations for the geopolitics associated with cyber attacks. And so cyber activity is not limited to technologies. Our adversaries have only become more sophisticated in the social cyber domain. And that's the focus of Don Cyber across a variety of sectors. Some of the questions that organizations should be asking themselves in terms of changing these approaches so they're more holistic is what models can we use specific to the customers we're serving and specific to the areas we're working in that will actively provide us with the data and information we need to prepare, to respond, and to mitigate anything that occurs. And so some other questions organizations might consider and need to think about going going on down the road into the future is who can you collaborate with for these kinds of initiatives? It's no longer one one man in the arena fighting off all the attackers. It really requires providing information across organizations, governmental, non-governmental, and being able to foresee what's out there, what could be occurring, have the information available and be able to apply it to your business model, be able to apply it to what's going on across your sector and know what could be coming up. Mm. And in conjunction with that, the other area that I think needs to change is for cyber professionals, they need to have a geopolitical perspective and an awareness of human behavior and motivation, as well as how it applies to the entities that they're protecting. And so this is not only helpful for innovation, but for understanding the bigger picture around who they're protecting and why. And so today's cyber professionals really play a major role in understanding the society and culture of our adversaries. And I hope to see more universities integrate these kinds of understandings into their programs and to cover these areas. And Don is looking for talented people who understand this and who are high performers. And we're hoping to spot some of these folks in the communities that we're building so they can work with us to start evolving what the nature of a cyber professional looks like today, which is not just limited to understanding these considerations and the social cyber domain, but also considering and how can I partner with AI? <laughs> because that's something we're already doing, both from a human to AI collaborative perspective, but also how it applies to the business models we're assessing and how it applies to the products that we're building. Well, that's oh, wow, there's so much in there. Um, and, you know, I've been involved in in the cyberspace for, for a while in various roles I've been in. And you're, you're right. A lot of the work we do in cyber today is compliance and uh, risk mitigation and response. A lot of it's on response. <laughs> a lot of it's on <laughs> right. We have our plans for response. Um, and sure, risk mitigations help limit that, but there's still this response aspect, whether it's vulnerability remediation or whether it's uh, an attack happened and we're responding to it and we're kicking into action. But what I'm hearing from you is this kind of a changing mindset that would uh, almost proactively help us understand that natively in the way we do our business. And so it's less response and more the way we do business to begin with, the way we think to begin with. Um, and it, it becomes a, a much higher, I think, uh, intelligence activity than it is just clicking a button and checking reports and, oh, I got an alert telling me to do this, right? It's a 
it's a little more forward thinking. And like you said, I like that the idea you said that there's aren't there aren't many cyber professionals I talk to in in various working at various companies who know the business of the company, who understand uh, the business. They're they're thinking from a classic cyber view: protect the network, keep people out, <laughs> right? Um, not what about us is causing people to even want to get in. Uh, yeah, so you're fa- yeah. It's very fascinating. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna be following you for some time now. It's gonna, we're gonna have to have more. <laughs> so I'm very fascinated with what you're doing. So yeah, that's that's exactly it. I've been you know I've been and the other the other piece there. You're making me think of three things. And the first one is that I've been on several teams where we have put in place very robust defensive infrastructure <laughs> that we have subsequently locked ourselves out of, <laughs> and so. That is, you know, we, you can you can build the infrastructure, but getting more to the root of it can really help with some of these sol- solutions. And that's why I keep pointing back to the holistic approach. It's not just limited to technology. And the other thing that I'll mention is there's been times where I've been working with high level technology executives that when they're attacked from a cyber perspective, they ask the question, well, can we try this approach? Can we, can we counter? Can we, are there, you know, what innovative approaches can we use to resolve the problem? And to date, oftentimes there's not room for humans or technologies to do that um, Mm -hmm. in a very effective fashion. And with considering these creative solutions that folks have, one of the areas that Don Cyber is focusing on is how can this information be reported out in a way that is beneficial across an organization at an enterprise level that is beneficial to a security team within an organization and that is beneficial to the employees? And then what role do the customers and the stakeholders and anybody else involved play in being able to share that information? And so there's a lot of customer research we're doing in that area. And it's something that will be really key to how we integrate the psychology and the geopolitical understandings into the models that we're building to help organizations today. Wow. So on that note, what's what's next for Don? I mean, you're you're you've, you've launched what's what you talking about hiring people, um you're talking about market research. Is that what you have going on uh and, and at what point do you think uh you, you move beyond that? Absolutely. So we're very engaged in customer research right now. We are testing our theories and determining if our theories are correct based on our experience. One of the really exciting pieces of this is that I have a lot of background in government technology. And so bringing that to both the government and the commercial sectors is super fascinating. I've been on teams where we have had actual bake-offs between our commercial sides and our government sides. And it's always fascinating to see what they come up with and how it's implemented from an organizational perspective. And so we're having a ton of fun conducting customer research, but also looking to find those key areas where we can actually support organizations in these more social cyber focused domains that can be supported with emerging technologies like AI or IoT or IA or ML. The other thing is we have a call out for interns. So we're bringing on summer interns and we'll have fall interns as well. If anyone knows anybody who's interested, would love to hear from them at info at dawncyber.com. 
And from there, we will be moving toward some more announcements. So be on the lookout. We have a newsletter available for our products and we also are building communities online. And so we're hoping to engage civic society in the conversation. We really do look to identify external public sources of data that can inform some of the approaches that we're building and also be able to take that information and make it usable and understandable to the organizations who are hoping to integrate some of our approaches into their business models today. So more to come, um, but for now, if you, if you know someone who would like to intern at an exciting early stage startup in cyber, we would love to hear from them. And uh, from there, we'll have more announcements coming over the summer and into the fall. Fantastic. Well, Jackie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, you're, you're a guest that I've wanted to get on for a while, and I'm glad we were able to make it work. And I'm very excited for your new venture. Thank you. Thank you for having me.